0: I'm Laura Ingle, and this is episode four of Grim Tide. For a year and a half, police searched for Shannon Gilbert while discovering instead the bodies of 10 apparent victims of a serial killer. Frustrated investigators desperately needed a break in the case, and they thought they got one on December 13th, 2011. Instead, the plot only thickened.
1: We have
2: this day at approximately 9.14 a.m. located a set of skeletal remains. We believe at this time
3: to belong to the missing Shannon Gilbert police today searched with a tank-like amphibious machine in a marshy area in Oak Beach for what the police commissioner called one last time. A year after the search began, Suffolk County police found skeletal remains believed to be that of Shannon Gilbert.
0: With 10 bodies already pulled from the Long Island Bramble, few expected Shannon to reappear alive, least of all her distraught family.
3: As a mother and
2: as
0: anyone who loses their child, no one knows the pain that we're going through and as you've gone through it yourself. Casual followers of the case figured Shannon had to be the 11th victim of a yet to be caught serial killer. But police soon questioned that assumption.
1: Certainly it's worth noting that there are things that are different about Miss Gilbert's death and her disappearance.
2: We know that the uh, the other victims uh, left, no one knew where they were going. Um Shannon Gilbert went somewhere with a driver. We know exactly who she saw.
0: She saw Joseph Brewer.
2: At some point, she had an issue in that house. She called 911, she fled that house, and she went to Gus Coletti's house. He was willing to help her. She came into his house, he said, if you sit right here, I'll call 911. And I turned to her afterwards, I hung up the phone, I said, I called the police, they're on their way here, somebody will help you. As soon as I said that, out the door she went. But she fled out of, out of his house. She got in there. She couldn't find a way out.
0: After examining the scene and reading the medical examiner's report, police theorized that Shannon accidentally drowned in the marsh and was not murdered, adding the fact that her body was found just a few miles from a graveyard of murdered sex workers was likely just a coincidence. To this day, they do not believe she is connected to the Gilgo Four or any of the other murders. Gilbert family attorney John Ray calls that theory preposterous. All
3: the evidence that we have is exactly the opposite of that.
0: Exhibit A, Shannon's clothing. Ray believes it's crucial that these items turned up before police found her body.
3: The clothing was found of Shannon Gilbert's first remains were found today a quarter of a mile from where her purse, ID, cell phone and clothes were found last week and a half mile from where she was last seen alive May 1st, 2010.
0: In your opinion, what does it tell you that her clothes were found outside of her remains?
3: The police say and Commissioner Dormer said that Shannon's remains were found because she got confused and threw them away
1: if you look at excited delirium cases, a lot of times they strip down because of their body temperature. So that may, may or may not explain the clothes being a distance from the ultimate where the body is.
3: That's absurd on its face. But in any event, it tells me that somebody dropped those items there at a different time than when Shannon died or she died in that spot and was brought to where she ends up.
4: Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Where you're going to take us is where her body was discovered. John led me into the bramble to demonstrate his next point. Shannon Gilbert was found. About 75 yards?
3: I would say from here, yeah, maybe another 100 to 300 yards in. Okay,
0: this is pretty thick. I mean, looking to where we need to go is an extremely difficult path.
3: It was extremely unlikely, next to impossible, for Shannon Gilbert to have gone into that marsh, first of all, and then second of all, having gone in there not to get out or not to be able to get out.
0: Stuart Cameron strongly disagrees. He thinks a frantic, disoriented, or possibly a drug-crazed Shannon could easily get stuck or lost in this thick vegetation and died that May night, possibly drowning in the shallow water. The only point of reference
2: may be the noise of traffic on Ocean Parkway or the double-span bridge in the background thinking that I can go towards the roadway and find a way out, but as I said, the entire search area, with a few exceptions, was encircled in dense vegetation and there really was no way out.
3: You could hear the rubber of the tires as people were going to work. So how could it be that you would drop dead somewhere in between those two points in the middle of this marsh? It was absurd.
0: Ray says he's certain someone dumped Shannon into her swampy grave and believes it's a man who lived just 30 yards away. He was the unofficial mayor of Oak Beach, whose name has surfaced and resurfaced throughout this mystery. Dr. Charles Peter Hackett. 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 Peter Hackett.
3: My belief is more than a theory. It's based on evidence, and the evidence points to Hackett as being responsible for the death of Shannon Gilbert.
0: John Ray points out that in the early days of Shannon's disappearance, Hackett, Alex Diaz claims, predicted where Shannon was going to be found.
3: She's going to float up there. That's where she's going to turn up. He tells this to the boyfriend, which is shocking in its own way. It's almost as if he was playing them and torturing them with that kind of a statement, which is interesting when you consider the person who called Melissa Bartholomew the, the killer who had Melissa's phone and called Melissa Bartholomew's sister and taunted the sister. It has a similar tint to it.
0: Remember, Melissa Bartholomew's sister and Sarah Carnes both received anonymous, taunting phone calls shortly after they went missing. Shannon's mother, Mari, received a phone call before she even knew her daughter was missing. Her caller though did identify himself as Dr. Peter Hackett. He
3: called her to tell her he was Dr. Peter Hackett who ran a home for wayward girls and Shannon had been to his home on drugs.
0: Hackett at first denied calling Gilbert, at least not on the day after she vanished. But you called me on the second, not the sixth.
2: Way before anyone I knew. I didn't call you on the
0: second. Shannon was missing.
1: How could I call you on the second? That's why I want to know. Well, I don't, no one has any proof of that.
0: John Ray says there's just no way Gilbert's mistaken about when she got the call from Hackett, who John Ray believes implicated himself in Shannon's death.
3: What he said he did, and he told this to Mary Gilbert and to a neighbor, Bruce Anderson. He told them that he took her into his house. He gave her drugs, and now she's dead.
0: She testified. Told you that, to she this. told you this.
3: She told me that. She testified to it under oath, examined by Hackett's lawyer, mm-hmm. and he made two calls to that effect—not one, but two—and
0: this is phone record proof.
3: Yes phone records.
0: While John Ray draws parallels between Hackett's behavior in the Shannon Gilbert disappearance and the behavior of whoever made the phone calls in the Bartholomew and Barnes disappearances, investigators insist they are not connected in any way.
1: It's a little different.
0: Jerry McCarthy, a retired Suffolk County police inspector who worked on Shannon's case, says Hackett's involvement is confined to his meddling after Shannon accidentally died.
1: He wants to be involved in the case and then winds up in the case, not in the way he wanted to, I guess.
0: John Ray is so convinced Hackett played a role in Shannon Gilbert's demise that he sued him for wrongful death in 2012 on behalf of her family. And he's already grilled Hackett under oath.
3: Uh, I've taken Peter Hackett's deposition three times for over 22 hours. Peter Hackett's story has changed and changed and changed again and again and again, even under oath. He has many sides to him that are not evident until you cross-examine him. And I did it under very difficult circumstances, but I did it. A man emerges who is certainly capable of everything I have just suggested.
0: I wanted to talk to Hackett about Ray's accusations. Hi, this is Laura Engel with Fox News, and I'm looking for Peter Hackett. But he declined our multiple interview requests. But in other interviews, he is vehemently denied being involved in Shannon's murder. And I'll underscore this very important point on Hackett's behalf. He has been emphatically eliminated as a suspect by police.
1: Hackett was looked at, but there was no conclusive evidence that Hackett was involved with Shannon's disappearance. We have no evidence that he's in contact with, physically in contact with her that night.
3: So we've come to the moment of truth, finally, for Suffolk County in the Long Island serial killer case. I have the opposite approach then that the police have. Maybe that's why we're not getting along because their approach is to be silent and tight and never tell anybody any evidence.
2: People criticize the department for not being transparent enough and I think some people would like it if we released everything about the case to them, but uh, that's not the way to work on any homicide case, especially a serial killer
3: case. Mine is to do just the opposite. They said that there's some kind of new Initiative is the word they use that they're going to uh, engage in to release information to the public.
1: Well, it's not unusual for people that are dissatisfied, if you will, with uh, the police investigation that put resources into a case. Uh, obviously, the um, family was targeting or looking at Dr. Hackett, uh, which is in every well of their rights, and they brought a lawsuit against them. But again, we don't have a linkage. I think a lot of it's uh, a little over the top, but it is what it is.
0: John Ray's lawsuit against Hackett may be a nuisance to detectives, but a sordid sex scandal that broke just after Shannon's body was found almost derailed their investigation entirely. It involved prostitution and the new Suffolk County Police Chief, James Burke, leaving Detective John Oliva dismayed.
4: We had a new regime came into play. Um, Jimmy Burke became chief of department.
0: What did you hear about him?
4: The main story, you know, he had sex with a prostitute on duty in a police car, and you know, that was that.
0: What did you and your fellow officers t- say about it? You must have talked about it.
4: Oh, it's like, hey, this was the guy that was involved with, uh, you know, the prostitute in the car. Mm. And that's more like, you know, how are you going to make him chief of department? He's the four-star chief. He's the highest ranking police officer in the Suffolk County Police Department, which is one of the biggest departments in the country. So that was a little shocking.
3: Why in God's name would they leave this guy in charge of that kind of an investigation? Something's wrong with that.
0: John Ray wasn't surprised by the allegations against Burke. He represented other prostitutes who said they partied with the chief of police.
3: Burke had already had troubles with sex workers, who I end up representing um, later on. They knew it at all times that he had this issue. The problem with
4: uh, with Jimmy Burke at that time, it was absolute power, was absolute corruption.
0: Petty thief Christopher Loeb learned all about that when he stole a duffel bag from what turned out to be Burke's truck. Loeb got arrested, but the contents of the bag put Burke in a bind. What is inside the stuffle bag? Over the top porn- pornographic DVDs and the, the sex toys in it. Burke made Loeb pay right there in the station. What did Burke do to you specifically? Burke punched me in the top of the head, punched me in the side of the head, spit on me. Later, said he was gonna arrest and rape
2: my mother. Um, no one's ever gonna believe me. And um, what could I do but scream, yell, holler, spit? Eleven
0: hours later, after getting beat up. I had marks all over me, over my neck, bruises. We reached out to Burke through his attorney. Our interview request was denied. Loeb's beating, however, sparked a federal civil rights investigation against Burke. When the chief learned about it, he put as much distance as he could between himself and any FBI agents working Suffolk County cases. He not only booted them off the Shannon Gilbert and Long Island serial killer investigations, He marginalized his officers who'd worked with the feds.
4: I was transferred out of the FBI task force with my partner, Willie. Within a week, they came out with a departmental memo, which was signed by James Burke, that basically stated anybody that had interaction with an FBI agent or prosecutor or anything of that nature had to immediately tell their commanding officer, and their commanding officer would have to relay it up the chain of command so it reached Jimmy Burke. So it was basically a no-fly zone on any case that the feds were involved in. And if you had interaction with him, he wanted to know what was going
1: on. I got transferred out of overseeing that homicide and got put back on the forensic side.
0: James Burke dismantled the detective unit that was overseeing this case. What does that say to you?
1: Is he dismantling the FBI's role within his department? Because he's trying to, you know, basically push out the very people that could investigate him.
0: There had been speculation that the Long Island serial killer had ties to law enforcement. There is no indication that the three-year investigation touched upon the murders, but it seems safe to assume that if Burke had anything to do with them, a three-year federal probe would have implicated him. Rather, it prolonged the mystery. Not only was Burke sentenced to 46 months for the beating and cover-up, but District Attorney Tom Spota was also sentenced to five years for corruption. And that wasn't all.
1: It really related to a number of different aspects of the investigation, including uh, the Behavioral Science Unit of the FBI and other aspects that the FBI could offer assistance on.
0: It was 2015, and the search for the Long Island serial killer resumed in earnest. As for the case of Shannon Gilbert, the medical examiner ruled her death undetermined, while the police believe her death to be possibly caused by drowning. But that conclusion was about to be challenged by a famed forensic pathologist who'd upend this grim saga yet again.
1: The fact that she's face up certainly doesn't support drowning. Most drowning victims in bodies of water where they can float freely, are found face down.
4: Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful.
1: Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.